It is hard to believe, my little darklings, but we are finally here. This is the Paranormal 60 Presents, this season on Ghosts of Devil's Perch, End of Lines, our season finale, when we return to the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Everybody and welcome to the program. It is hard to believe, but we're at the end of the road or the end lines, if you will. This is the final recap for the Ghosts of Devil's Perch season one. And I just had a whirlwind weekend and uh, thought I'd start off with that. We've got some great guests that are going to join me throughout the evening. Uh, we've got Katie Stafford, of course. We've got our showrunner, director, uh, and producer, Brian Peterson, will be with us. But first, let me bring on my cohort for the weekend. Uh, we had a, a just an amazing time back in Butte. Ladies and gentlemen, historian Chris Fisk. Welcome back, Chris. Well, thank you very much, Dave. It's nice to be back. And it was wonderful to have you in, in Butte, America. Man, that was a good time. It was. And I've got some fun memories that I thought I'd pop up and share real quick. We started off, we had a lot. Fisk made sure that while I was there, my boots never left the ground. We started off at the local radio station, and this is KBOW, where we were part of their uh, trivia hour. And we were asking trivia questions, telling behind the scenes stories and having a good time together. And maybe you can introduce to the uh, viewers that are watching this, who are the two hosts you from KBOW? Well, that's Maggie Davis, uh, Maggie Davis and Shane Cox. And they are uh, personalities uh, with KBOW. Um, Maggie is actually the daughter of the owner, but holds her own definitely in the media yeah. area. And some of you may recognize Shane. Shane was uh, one of the finalists on America's Got Talent as a magician, but uh, both wonderful former students of mine that now run the station. So it's exciting. Who, who's not a former student of yours in the town of Butte? <laughs> I got quite a few. I've been I got to tell fortunate. you. Folks, being there this weekend, you you realize the scope of this man. He comes off as this humble, fine little uh, high school teacher, but the entire town bows down to the greatness that is Chris Fisk. He is so well-loved and respected throughout the entire town. We had a great time this weekend. We uh, we also made a stop out uh, at, uh, at the, the site of our final episode. Yeah. yeah, the World Museum of Mining with the owner allowed us to come in and do a special book signing where we got to meet and greet. And Fisk and I were there meeting a great lineup of people that came out to see us and get copies of my books and and some of the Paranormal 60 bling that we carry and uh, lots of photos, lots of hugs, lots of great times. And then yes. then, ladies and gentlemen, we were off on the 2022 Spooks and Spirits Haunted Trolley Tour. And they lived up to their name as we visited all of the cool places seen on the hauntings of the Devil's Perch and uh, had a chance to to be a part of that ride and tell some of the backstories and and share some fun stories uh, along the ride and share that haunted history with a great two great trolleyfuls full of people, one on Friday night, one on Saturday night. 
that was a total total blast and and to have you here uh, uh sharing your your insights to uh, the investigations and some of the things that didn't make you know the uh yep. the final cuts uh it was a wonderful experience for all who are on board including myself and jim mccarthy who you see uh, sitting in the well of the trolley That's there. Right. <laughs> no, it's funny. We're all having a great time, but from these photographs, you couldn't tell it. What a that somber <laughs> looking group. <laughs> but you yeah, got to understand, we're like telling. telling no, they were yeah, wild, man. We're telling some tragic stories and they were riveted by the stories that were being shared. Um, and then here we are again out at the World Museum of Mining with our trolley full of friends and having a great time. And you might recognize some of those people uh, that you saw on the trolley and in this group because they were extras on the Ghosts of Devil's Perch. Uh, they played many of the different characters. And then then came uh, the highlight for me. We we got a chance to go back and we went to the Motherload Theater and oh, yeah. uh, and did another meet and greet and, and book signing and just had a, a great time meeting and talking to all of the people. And then, then we had a full packed audience. That. Yeah. It was and loaded. then... The most terrifying a- moment of my career is seeing myself on an actual movie screen <laughs> and realizing how many chins are actually visible. Uh, so it was just, man, just one great moment after another. We even had some of the uh, the other special guests came out. I think Katie will like this. The owner of the Hennessy Mansion came out and cut a ping yes. pong ball in half and made me pose with the balls over my eyes again, like we did in that episode. <laughs> and he said he, he absolutely loved the episode, loved what we did with it in the history and uh, had a great time. And then we wrapped it all up with a, a private investigation back in the mines at the, uh, the world museum of, of, uh, mining. And it was just a great time, a great time. Uh, So many wonderful people. If you were into the paranormal, Butte was the Mm -hmm. place to be this weekend. And we, we try and do a, a a big gig, you know, during the month of October with the trolley and the hauntings and open it up to as many people as we can. And this year, of course, we were fortunate enough to have you with us. And I'm just going to tell you, it, it was so special to have you guys here. It was you and Sarge, or excuse me, Colonel. The Colonel. <laughs> um, the Colonel came along. What an endearing individual. Yeah, um, good you guy. Know, here's the deal. Dave Butte loved you guys. Well, thank Dave you. Butte loved the production. Well, hold, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. Let's wait till we bring the other guys on so you oh. can let them know how much Butte loves them. Because okay. during the screening, I got a text message from this guy, our hey. showrunner, Brian Peterson. And he says to me, Schrader, good man, how are you doing? We're doing awesome. We're doing. He says to me, Schrader, how are they taking it? How how does Butte like the Ghost of Devil's Perch? Let's show them. Hey Peterson, uh, I just got your text message. You wanted to know how how it went here and how people liked the uh, series finale. How about if I just let them tell you? Season two, season two, season two, season two. So, Brian, I would say they liked the season finale of uh, The Ghost of the Devil's Perch. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now as well, somewhere in a dark dungeon, KD Stafford. Look at him hidden away. Like he's Is he back in the mine? 
I know. I, I may be back in the mind. I don't know. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, buddy? I'm Love good, Pearson. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. Fisk? Hey, doing great. Pleasure as always. As it is for me. And to be on again with the three of you guys. Man, this is this has been one lucky, uh, lucky couple of years for me to get to know you guys. And uh, Butte, man. Uh, Butte, love it's all you. on our side, man. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, well, I gotta, I gotta tell experience. you, KD, um, Brian Fisk, Cindy wanted to join us. She's been traveling nonstop. She's not feeling well tonight. She felt horrible about it, but she wanted me to send her love to all of the viewers and all of the people that help support this program through the uh, through the eight episodes and said thank you from the bottom of her heart. She really wishes she could have been here with us tonight, but she is in spirit. But I got to tell you, Brian, KD, going back into Butte, I didn't know, you know, you shoot a TV show about their town and kind of some of the dark, seedier underbelly history, and I don't know how they're going to take it, and I got in... <laughs> I don't think I met one person that wasn't excited about the program. And, you know, there, there were even people that were saying, you know, hey, I'm not a paranormal person, but my wife or my husband is. And we watch it together and absolutely loved it. Our kids watch it with us. And it really reached a lot of people. And I thought it was sweet at the season finale episode after it got done airing. There was a lot of a lot of teary eyes yeah. in the audience. That was sad for a lot of the Butte folks. You know, I guess with the finale comes the end, you know, and there's yeah. no guarantees for the the future, obviously, but it was uh, an incredible experience for so many Butians. And I think people around the country and, in fact, the world that enjoyed the, the series. Um, you know, I guess it's it reminds me as a teacher, there was a line I always used with my students. And I love to quote Dr. Seuss, you know, don't cry because it's over smile because it happened. And it was right. a great thing that happened. Absolutely. No doubt the talents of, of yourself and Katie and Cindy, and then Brian, my God, how do I even start there? Um, absolutely incredible. And by the way, um, I, I saw pictures of you as Ferdinand Van Zandt. I was rather impressed. And I was <laughs> willing to bet. I was, I'm willing to bet the scene where the guy is running down the tunnel with the duster on. I'm almost 100% sure that's also Brian Peterson. Oh, the secret's out. TV magic. I'm the cheapest actor on set. <laughs> <laughs> the most versatile, long and yeah. lanky, and you um, put him in a duster coat and a hat, and he looks terrifying sure. running down a, and, a and dark you know, tunnel. You at know, you. the physique is quite nice, also, Brian. I'm just saying, when you were when wow. you were the dark figure a lot, I'm just saying I'll that, that, that skin tight leotard. Hey, hey, all the hey, yoga's hey. paying off. I'm just bummed that we we uh, we didn't end up using the shot of KD as one of the police officers that was beating the snot out of Terry. <laughs> Terry. Hey, yeah. you know what? I got made on that. My my cousin made me. She was like, I saw you as the cop. Oh, really? I was I like, oh, well. no. I did as well. I was telling oh, yeah. my wife and kids. I said, that's KD right there. <laughs> that's so and then, cool. of course, Ferdinand, when I saw you as him, that was, that was a dead giveaway. No pun intended. Now, Peterson, yeah. I got to tell you, when you get on the trolley tour there in Butte and you take the the Ghosts of Devil's Perch, the Hauntings of Devil's Perch trolley tour, they give everybody a placard and they've got this this thing you have to wear on their neck. Every, it's like a giant game of Clue. Everybody is a character from the story. Yeah. And now that I've supplied them with the po portrait of you standing out there as Ferdinand Van Zant, they're going to officially replace the Amazing. fake 
fake picture they have of Ferdinand Van Zandt and put you in there. So you are now a part of Fisk's trolley tour. So I'll take uh, it, man. It's truly yeah. an honor, Brian. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's truly true, an honor. These people, love, yeah, these people love the history. They love the mysteries behind it. And what was so cool, guys, KD, Peterson, I got to tell you, what was really cool was hearing how many people that grew up in Butte didn't know yeah. these deeper elements of the history. And they're like, Fisk's a great teacher. And we learned a lot in history, but you could tell you pushed Fisk and he came up with amazing stories. And so did the Wolfpack. And so it was really great to hear them. And, and what everybody was saying to me time after time, whether we were in a bar or a cafe or Buffalo Wild Wings watching the Vikings game, <laughs> they kept walking up and they're like, thank you guys for what you did for Butte. Thank you for sharing our history and being respectful and and sharing our ghosts and uh, our teacher Chris Fisk, we love it all. And it was really it was humbling, guys. I, I'm not it kidding you. Humbling. It was everywhere we went. Sure, I mean, look, very humbling. Yeah. For for me, you know, coming in, you know, I, I work in in this genre quite a bit, and obviously you guys do as well. But it's like, you know, often you'll you'll kind of come in the wake of people who are a little bit apprehensive about dealing with people in the paranormal community because there's a a sort of some some sort of a lot of creative license people will take with some of the history. And for me, it's like, I always believe that the truth is stranger than fiction. So you try to go in there and, and uncover the real history that's happened there. But look, at the same time, you go to a location once and you, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely was, it was a daunting task to go into to Butte and, you know, deal with some of the history, you know, the deeper elements of it. It, it was, um, I'm, I guess I really wanted to be, be uh, respectful of the history and, and do right by the town. And I feel like, you know, I feel like we, we were able to do that with Chris's help. Oh, Brian, you did more than well with our community. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I, honestly, I don't, I don't, I mean, uh, sure, there are other people that probably could have gotten by in that, in that, in that role as the historian, but, but nobody could have made it as, as successful, I believe, as Mr. Chris Fisk himself. Thank yeah. you, Thank yeah. you very much, guys. I, I kept telling everybody uh, he came in like a cannonball every episode. Dude, just, so just, much just motivated. Energy. Yeah. yeah, he motivated me. Like I'd be like, yeah. oh man, I don't know if I. He's like, hey, what's up? You know, just going, <laughs> just ready to go. Like twice well, as much energy as I have. A lot of the questions we got um, about this was a, and I'll, I'll I'll run the gamut here. We'll start out with you, Peterson. I mean, this is kind of this was a baby. This was something that you helped to create and craft and follow. What episode stood out the most for you? What was your favorite episode? Um, a a couple of them. I think that pro for me, the Cabbage Patch for sure, because it was so. I mean, traumatic what happened to you and then having mm -hmm. to rejigger the entire team because that was something that really happened and we didn't have a plan for it. We had, a, you know, you have a plan when you go to shooting. Okay, Monday is going to be this. Tuesday, we're going to recap and talk to the historian and maybe do some uh, some investigations that kind of tag on to the baseline. And then Wednesday, we do a main invest investigation. But having you in the hospital and unable to be a part of the production really threw us for a loop. And then also to have at the end of that, the Cabbage Patch Night with all those kids um, able to come and participate and to watch you guys um, uh, interacting with the kids and with the town. It really felt like it brought home to me like the, the best, it's not even, it was not really even a part of my job because that, that's never something I've ever experienced before. But to watch that something that we helped to create and to, to be able to share it in this very wholesome, as wholesome as paranormal stuff can be, 
was really wholesome uh, moment of the kids around the campfire listening to you guys talk. I thought was something I'll never forget, and it's definitely one of the most my, my cherished memories uh, of, of working at TV. I'll tell you, the yeah, kids of Butte, Montana, will never forget that either. And how open, uh, not only you know your investigators, but you even came out and the kids were asking you questions, you know, how do of you all put people. this together? Yeah. How does this work? <laughs> you know, are you enjoying Butte? Are you afraid? What's your most scariest moment? I mean, if you can get kids engaged, boy, that's, that's the top of the pier. That's when learning occurs. And you guys were so open to it. All of you. Well, let me, let me tell people this too, Fisk, because I want people around the world and there are teachers out there watching this right now. And this isn't just meant to blow Chris's horn, but this guy teaches in an amazing way that reaches kids. I grew up, and when I went to school, the clubs that were popping were, you know, whatever sport was hot or whatever D&D clubs and stuff back in the 80s. You know, it was always that kind of stuff. The science club, the history club, maybe there was four or five people in them, and they were always <laughs> boneheads, right? And the guys yeah. that sat in the front hey. row – there no 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 but with this it is insane in the town of butte you wear the history club badge as a, a badge of honor the president yes. of the history club there's uh, how many members active members of the history club from your from the high school alone are well, there every year from years years to year uh year to year but usually between 80 and 120 kids it's one of the biggest and 120. clubs if not the biggest club yeah and they Amazing. do a lot of community service but you know, you, you you show them to fall in love with history and show them that it's a bearing point for them. And it's not just a boring story. You puke out on a quiz. And you right. got it. It's an right. experience. Not Fisk, what's your you favorite? Memorize. Yeah, right. There's a story yeah. behind it. There's something right. more to engage in. That's a great <laughs> point, Katie. Um, Fisk, what was your favorite episode? Oh, that's that's difficult. Um I loved them all. I was I was so privileged. I was honored to, to just sit there and watch how these all came together and how Butte was portrayed. My God, we're beautiful here. We live in a beautiful community, and and we have we've said that for decades. But some like to make fun unknowingly, you know. But if I had to choose the one, I'd say it was the finale. I I enjoyed the finale, the linkage. Uh, between all the other uh, sites um, that had issues and how it was resolved. I uh, I loved it. I, I thought the last one was beautiful. All right, Katie, what about you? What, what was your standout favorite episode of season four of Ghosts of? I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Brian on this one. Uh, Brian on this one. Uh, <laughs> like which way? Okay, so yeah, the Cabbage Patch was probably the most like powerful. I, okay, the best like the best like tying everything in. Obviously, uh, uh, as far as like a uh, story goes and everything was was uh, the final episode, right? Because that mm -hmm. brought everything together. Even as far as evidence and everything, like we all got something that that linked up together, and it was like it took all of us and all of our skills combined 
kind of like Voltron to <laughs> <laughs> or Captain Planet. And the nerd card <laughs> has been played <laughs> to uh, to solve the case, right? And to and to figure out what we had to do to to put this thing at rest. But but like the Cabbage Patch, definitely the most uh, like like powerful. I feel yeah. like because of what happened to you, Dave, and and, uh, and also uh you know as far as like uh touching that that with the kids and everything you know that was that was yeah. great and it was great to get to investigate with them and you know uh i thought i was worried that dave had left me for a minute because i was i was gone for so long because i had gone into the next building over i went into <laughs> investigation mode again with mckenzie and everybody and we we were all over there and uh yeah it's, that was such a fun fun uh investigation but also powerful and also told such a great story and uh, the and the way all the evidence just lined up, I, I thought that was just a, a great display of everything all in one episode. My favorite part for KD, if I could throw this out, sure, at the courthouse, um, when you came in with uh, a, a paranormal investigation tool that looked like an M1 Abrams. <laughs> I don't know if you were ghost hunting or going to war, but I mean, it, it had everything you needed. Yes, and I that was the that, ITC station, brother. That was that was yeah. it. Yeah, um, I fell in love with uh, PP2 um, from your first uh, episode, and I'm gonna have one of those before all is said and done. I'm gonna get you. Um, I'm gonna get you hooked up. You're my. I will have you know that Lindsay, the trolley driver, she'd go, "Hey, uh, what was it you want?" Fisk and Fisk would go, I want a PP too. And then everybody on the trolley would start <laughs> laughing at him. And it took two nights of it before he realized what she was setting him up for. Yeah, and he goes, exactly. what? I want a PP too. <laughs> oh, God, Fisk, they got you this and they time. Howled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's, That's all right. Hilarious. I can take it as well as dish it out. And obviously we dish it out pretty good on on the hauntings tours to speak spirits. So. I will I will say it's interesting. When I talk to Cindy, one of her favorite episodes is the Cabbage Patch. So what I've noticed is that my two co-hosts on the show and my director all really appreciated the episode I really wasn't much a part of. I, think, I, felt, I felt where you were going with that, Dave. And, and you know, that's this not, that's not, no. you know. I, no, I, I know. But, you know, yeah, but it really was, wasn't it? Like, uh, cause yeah. Cindy, I mean, there was, there was a lot kind of cut out of that probably for, uh, for the sake of editing and, and like also no time. like yeah. y'all probably didn't have enough people to beep out Cindy when uh, they, <laughs> when they were getting help that she was yeah. giving the cameraman what for, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, Cindy, like, people that don't know when I went down, Cindy, yeah. first of all, was worried about me. Second of all, she was just blown away that like nobody just dropped cameras and started giving me CPR. It was, you know, she was very upset and, and very protective of me, which I, I'm so appreciative of. And they were trying to explain to her, the cameramen are like national geographic camera yeah. guys, you know, you yeah. don't, if the gazelle gets attacked by the lion, you just got to film it. Hey, you, you so they were it, filming right? it, but Brian yeah. was Johnny on the spot. You were there like eight seconds yeah. after that. Checking yeah, I, me made out, sure, then, I made sure you were fine. And then I was yeah. like, Cindy, Cindy, calm down. Woosaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the day Dave's not bleeding. Yeah. He, he's going to, he's going to be okay. We just got, we, you know, the help's going to get him. We're fine. It's their job. Yeah, uh, we we love you. We uh, just please don't don't hurt any of us. The cop came up to me that was there that night, and he and he talked to me at the little after party at the bar, uh, Solanches, and he goes, "I was worried about you, man. I thought you were checking out that night. I, I was worried." And I'm like, "Oh well, you weren't the only one. When I hit the ground, I thought I was having a heart attack or something bad had just 
burst inside. He did, me. Officer St. Pierre. And, yeah. and that was actually a point of discussion with a lot of them the next day when they had their big meeting at the courthouse that these things happen. Only sometimes you don't have an answer for right. why. And and you yeah. still need to react. And so sad enough that that lesson was delivered and it was delivered by you, Dave, you know. Yep. Yeah. What what's there on the head? Yeah, Capper Life, Life yeah. baby. Yep. Uh, I, I'd say my favorite episode really was the Hennessy House because it opened me up to a different type of experience. It is one of the most troubling experiences of my career. Um, it was fascinating and terrifying and exhilarating all at once. And so that one really goes down for me. But just uh, it. it you know, being able to help the Hedick family and the Fink family, being that that was more of a personal nature was pretty cool. And I did say the one thing that bums me out from episode seven when we go to town hall was that uh, that in the edit, they couldn't use the Ghostbusters breakthrough moment when uh, KD and I, because we when Brian's like, we got to get up there and we're like, all right. And he goes, we're going to film you coming out. And I'm like, all right, can we just do one take? like the Ghostbusters and Brian's like, Oh God, what are you guys going to do? And we're like, just give us. A... So who, who was it that climbed up and was above us shooting down? Do you remember who, which uh, camera guy? Probably JJ. 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 Yep. That was JJ. JJ. Jolly is, is out there. You're going and, and you guys are like, okay, ready and action. And Katie and I blast those doors open and just <laughs> charging out. Like it's the, down the steps of the library and Ghostbusters Dude. around that corner. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was take, awesome. I thought the take was pretty good. I thought the energy, you know, it, you know, I think it captured what we were doing. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, I oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah, well, considering it. that was like the second or third take, and I was well winded by then, wasn't I? Yeah. As we're going, you Dude, can see oh, yeah. a little no. bit slower. Go yeah, because because we had to one not just out of the front door. It wasn't like a couple takes out the front door. It was a couple takes out the front door and all the way up that hill. Up right that next hill, to the holy Christmas! <laughs> Great so, yeah, times. It was, I was I was I was starting to feel it there towards the end. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Peterson, it was really. It, it was funny. a lot, you know, they're not just empty props when we were talking. And, and again, <laughs> the know. questions come up when we were out there, you know, is there acting? And I go, yeah, there's acting. I said, because you idiots in this town don't have mufflers on your car. We got to repeat ourselves a hundred <laughs> times. And as I'm explaining it, as I'm explaining it, all of a sudden you're outside. And hey, we'll have to talk laughing. to the mayor about that tax incentive about muffler removal. Yeah. Oh, you my know, God. I'm sure that's what's causing it. I'm just kidding. It's no wonder the spirits in Butte are all wound up when you've got the mufflers glaring. We've got to repeat the lines every every three minutes because old uh, sound. Yeah, you have a yeah. great thought, and you're like, and Brian's like, what? What do you think, Dave? So this is what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, outside the front doors, and he's like, man, I, that was so good, Dave. Can you say it again with that same energy? And uh, you try and take five because the trucks just don't stop <clears throat> you know so people want to know why we ghost on at night it's because that's when buttes asleep and we have a yes. chance to film <laughs> yes they have, uh, they've uh they've got another large production happening in town i'm not quite sure about tv rules what? and whatever so i won't say what it is but when i say big you know they've got 100 extras and 50 horses and 70 antique model eight cars and Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. okay. One of those. Okay. And, That's uh, fun, fun this that. muffler thing has come <laughs> to the attention of our city fathers. And so it's going to get addressed. 
I it's bet. one thing to shut down, you know, eight or ten of us in a church. It's a whole nether when they scream cut on, you know, a few hundred thousand a day. Yeah. And uh, by gosh, it was an issue there as well. So, I bet. Yeah. But we're going to yeah. we have to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue talking about uh, the season finale and more. We've got a lot uh, to cover on our plate. So make sure you stay with us. We'll do that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. And listen, friends, just because the series is over doesn't mean you can't go back and enjoy it multiple times. It's part of the Discovery Plus family. So go back, tell your friends, your family, your kids, your grandkids, wake up the neighbors, share Ghosts of Devil's Perch with them. You can still find it on Discovery Plus and uh, hopefully... Maybe with a little luck, we'll see you again for a season two. My guests tonight, Chris Fisk, the historian. We've got K.D. Stafford, our technician and paranormal investigator. And we've got Brian Peterson, our showrunner and uh, executive producer out in the field. Guys, this was so much fun. Having come off of two seasons with you, Brian, on on Holzer Files, this is a totally different element, totally different beast. Um, And that was kind of rewarding, too, to get to go back to a town where everybody knows who you were and why we were there. And they all, just so you know, guys, everybody has a story. And they're all like, you need to come back because I've got a problem. And I'm like, don't tell me about it. Yeah. Tell Fisk. And if we get another production, let's see what we can do about helping you out. So there's not that there's a lot of major things going on out there yet, but people are starting to see a little brewing and bubbling going on in uh, Butte. So maybe it's all the productions they're doing. Talk about Katie, you'll appreciate this. Talk about the fact that we we use elements in an investigation um, where we bring things from the time era or we play music from that time era. And there are TV shows from different time eras that are filming in and around Butte 
rebuilding sets and streets, rebuilding towns. It's, it's creating a brand new trigger object of the entire town. Like so a whole new catalyst, haunting oh, catalyst. Oh, oh yeah. If you're <laughs> looking for a reason for hauntings to come to life again, this has got to be confusing to the spirits of the uh of the town of Butte. So it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I just want to add to that real quick, yeah. Dave. Even yep. down here in Missouri, like I went to an event this past weekend in Joplin, it was a Paracon, and uh so I was uh just promoting Devil's Perch, and I had a couple people approach me after after I spoke. And they handed me cards. One lady's card. She works at the Deer Lodge. Uh, Deer Lodge, and uh, one of the I think it's a, a um um I can't remember what the place is exactly, but but she says that the place that whole place is extremely haunted. Also, and it's right it sits just right outside of Butte. I mean, I would even consider that almost like what part of Butte, Fisk, or Anaconda? Like, yeah, there's uh, suburbs. Yeah. Butte's the major city closest to all of those. Right, but but these hauntings tend to stretch out, right? Like, uh, for example, like in Morgan City, uh, when we did Morgan City, uh, one of the cases actually stretched out to a plantation house that was a good 20, 30 minutes down the road. And so we ended up doing an investigation there also, and it tied completely into the hauntings. It it had completely everything to do with the hauntings that went on in Morgan City. So I'm just saying it's like I'm getting even leads down here for stuff that's going on in Butte. <laughs> well, historically, for so many decades, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 miles was a community. You know, mm. if you understand Bannock and Virginia City, Nevada City, um, in a, a state of 148,000 square miles, guys, that's our back door. You know? Yeah. Right. It's all connected. I mean, it, there, there are so many elements because when we're, out there as a team looking at these locations and these stories, you kind of never know where it's going to go once we start learning. When, once you told us about, you know, James, uh, James A. Murray, we started, you know, all of us were kind of, you know, trying to figure out what, where this could lead yeah. us to. So we were even doing research about, you know, the, uh, about the baths that he built, that he was a part of. There's a, I forget what, is it in Deer Lodge? There might be, the, there's a haunted location. Yeah. There's a haunted location out there as well. So all this stuff, there's all this, re, everything's tied together. There's so much interconnectivity in Butte. Every story is kind of connected to something else. It's, it's really and, and the lady, the, the lady that told me about the, the lead in Deer Lodge, she actually said she lived in Butte, but the house she lived in in Butte was so haunted and she had so many problems there. She sold the house and moved to Deer Lodge. And just to realize <laughs> the Deer Lodge was... Equally haunted. Just as haunted. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Now, with the season finale, you know, all that we found throughout this entire season from the the ghosts at the Clark Chateau with Ferdinand Van Zant and and uh, going on then to um, uh, the the Cabbage Patch with Richard Sims, and as we step it down in each episode, has very much revealed itself is that here we are looking at these spirits that are calling out to be remembered spirits that have been forgotten and lost to time. And I thought what was really telling to me, Fisk was there were some people that were at our screening that live in other towns around Montana. When they heard about this, they wanted to come in and watch. And they're like, boy, you know, we've heard about Clark and we've heard about, and, and they're heroes in our towns. And it gave us a whole new way. And I said, well, I hope we didn't put, you know, a, a tarnish on those heroes, but it, I hope it also gives you a, a view of 
how they became that way. Right. Well, you know, truth better than tarnish. Right. You know, and, you're, and you're, you're that's the way we have to look at it. Sure, that that made millions. But remember how they made those millions, right. guys, from, you know, Fritz Augustus, Heinz, Clark Daly, Murray, uh, numerous ones. As they made that on the, the backs of the regular Joes in those towns and they took advantage of it, especially yeah. the, the immigrants, because Butte was a true immigrant town with the Irish. Um, in Ireland, you're paid six cents a day. In Butte, Montana, three twenty-five. So they get here; they're willing to work anywhere between seven cents and and you know three twenty-four. Wow! Right. And our right. streets were paved with gold compared to them. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah relatively, it was remember, a. Remember, yeah. our history was written for the rich, right. not the poor. Right. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll even say this, though, even with with Hickey, you know, in, in the final, uh, even though he turned out to be the, the guy kind of pushing this whole thing, even he had good intentions, even though he was appeared to be yeah. the dark one. He I mean, that, that was just, that was just uh, that was a, a more of a cry for help or, or a, um, a justification. Uh, um, yeah, you're right. Right, you know, right, right, right. So he even see you sulfide. My God, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, in his in his eyes, and that kind of that 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 type of person who would become who he became, like uh, that that was a a means to an ends for him. You know, I mean, that was the means. To, it's like, however, we got to get here. This is how we're going to do it. And you know, I I even was able to see him in a, even a positive light even after that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It was funny because a lot of the people were approaching me before we watched the season finale. And when we're at the bar, they're like, you got to tell me, man, do I got to move this monster in the mind? Were you guys able to put this thing down? And we're like, you know, I, I'm like, though. I can't. Yeah, I said, I can't tell you, but, you know, I'm I'm back for a reason. And they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> but the whole concept of, you know the the villain is often the hero of its of his own story and that was the case in in this these were angry spirits they weren't demonic they weren't evil um but when we start getting this the one the first and it's trying to make its presence known to us all along the way and we just weren't picking up the the pieces as quickly as it was hoping and it, it gives us this story when we kind of threw that back to you uh, peterson i know you guys have to you're, you're working with us putting this moving puzzle together as things are revealing themselves. When we come up with this thing, the one for, for documentarian sakes, I mean, is that, are you like, God, how do we take something this innocuous? What are we going to do? Just kind of giving us some of the production insight into that. When, when it's something like that reveals itself, man, there's, there's so much kind of, uh, you know, you've got to, when you go into any location, like any show, any location, you've got to have like this wealth of knowledge. It's kind of like your, all the possibilities that it could be to try to make sense, especially when you've got a psychic medium who could be talking to any random person. So you've got to have this kind of encyclopedic knowledge of as much as you can of the town or of a location. But man, when it was the one, I, I, that really threw me for a loop because I didn't know what the heck it was talking about. I mean, that's just putting that right. on the desk and asking him to dig in the archives for us and lucky they got the wolf pack and everybody there and we're like the one out. what is this are we is this like legion is this oh, the, oh, you oh, know oh, demonic yeah. realm should i be looking for keanu reeves <laughs> yeah right like uh, are we in the matrix <laughs> is this even yeah. deeper than i thought it was okay yeah so throwing <laughs> it to you fisk you know we kind of I, I know brian was good at paring us down and he's like guys you know i mean 
let's let's look because we we originally we looked at everything from uh, elementals to uh, the indigenous tribes of the area. What could this be? And then uh, obviously for storytelling, we don't go into all of that because what it does come out to be is we also threw that one segment to you. There's got to be a story. There's got to be a first in this town, the first yeah. tragedy, the first really well-known thing. And yeah. that kind of unfolded itself nicely um, to reveal itself. But, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm picking up on elementals. I'm sure there's elementals, especially when you're moving the ground and changing the earth and, and running tunnels 10,000 yeah. miles underneath there. You know, that's crazy. There's got to be some of that stirred up. Um but, you know, the fact is that in this case, it was it was humanity. It's the cries of these spirits that had been lost to time that yeah. really wanted to be heard. And and Michael Hickey was kind of their uh, their cheerleader, getting them, getting everybody rallied and yeah. and being heard. You know how that that all played out. Um, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. The archives, Lindsay and, and Jim and the Wolfpack and Jav. Um, to make those connections. When you say the first in Butte, you know, is it the first claims? You know, was it um, uh, Pete McMahon, you know, um, Allison, um, any of the O'Rourke's, or was it the first to really hit copper, um, a big piece of copper, and, and, and that would have been crazy Billy Parks, or was it, you know, the Anaconda, you know, this Michael Hickey who wanted it for its silver, and thought not much further than that, but simply ran out of money, you know? And when Marcus Daly looked at that, boy, he knew what was there. He mm -hmm. knew that the silver was waning. That was number one. Number two, underneath it, he knew there'd be copper, didn't know how much. And number three, he speculated that uh, the country, the world, was going to need copper. You know, telephone, telegraph, the light bulb. And that was the dice that he threw. Um, not much advice. I think he knew exactly what Hickey had. And in true fashion, you know, to the victors go the spoils and the history. And Michael Hickey was left out. So when we hit that, we had a pretty good idea. He was the one. But of course, until you guys got it back with your secondary investigations, we didn't know, you know, especially the, the stuff that KD caught. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's finding that needle in a haystack and then making that linkage. And it's kind of cool. If you guys really think about this in, in all of these cases, this is truly a point uh, where history talked back to you. It opened yeah. up a world that of consideration that it's always been there, but really never considered, you know, a little mm -hmm. Willie Corrette. Um, you know, Herb Sargent and that tragedy. Uh, how many more? Oh my gosh, Michael Hickey, you know, the I actually this weekend I met the granddaughter of the guy, believe guys, check that I met the granddaughter of the guy that Herb Sargent went and shot. Correct. Correct. Wow. Uh, and, and by the know. way, you know, Herb Sargent, uh, after shooting uh the gentleman, you know, more in the upper shoulder. Right. Um, and then Herb Sargent took off running and then unfortunately was dumb enough to take a shot at a, a Butte, Montana deputy. I mean, these guys are so highly well-trained. Um, that individual that, that had to shoot and kill Herb Sargent is still in our community. He's still here. Yeah. He's very much a part oh. of our community. Um, we ask people in our lives to do things that we can't. And Mel Rao was one of those, and he did his duty. God bless him. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the linkage, how that all came together, absolutely incredible. And and to take that, Brian, you know, with what Cindy is bringing you, what Katie's bringing you, um, what Dave is is pushing into there, and then bringing it to a storyline that's palatable, that's got to be challenging. I mean, I don't want to say impossible. Obviously, it isn't because it turned out really well. I mean, you had to have had some sleepless nights here. Oh, plenty of sleepless nights dealing with us. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of weight when I was in Butte. A lot of sleepless nights. You know, but lucky there's no there's no open container loss. I was posting, you know, I was wandering the streets in Butte with a beer in my hand, trying to figure out what you did that. What am I doing to do? You took time for yourself to scramble that out. You saw a lot of Butte in the dark. I did see a lot of Butte and I met a lot of Butians. They're good people. We had a good time there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The so, community talking about their history. That's what I thought was so beautiful in this meeting going out there. Uh, I just wanted to go be part of Butte for that final season finale, whether we ever get to go back or film another episode. I just wanted to be in that environment. And I'm glad I went because getting a chance to see and, and hear and people just coming up and hugging you and thanking us. And please tell Katie yeah. and Cindy, thank you so much. How many for what times you guys did we hear community. that? Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Where's Cindy? Yeah. How are they? Yeah. I'll bet we heard yeah. it a hundred times a day. Yeah, you know, and that's loyal. That's Butte loyalty. Oh, I plan. I plan on coming back to Butte regardless. I'm coming back right. to Butte to visit, uh, regardless. Oh, yeah. But I've already talked to Jeanette. Jeanette's got some plans in the future for some stuff she wants to do out there. I know Dave. You probably already talked to her too. So I, mm -hmm. I definitely want to come up and um, and be a part of that for sure. Did you see the? Awesome. Uh, did, did you see the uh, on the on the the little marquee outside the church? I kept putting Butte strong, or I put. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, uh days since um, last paranormal uh incident, uh, <laughs> yeah. zero or eleven, I, you know, or whatever. They, I, I had a bunch of my put, I put meanwhile back at headquarters on one, you know, like <laughs> yeah. early the next morning, you know. <laughs> I was, I was I was bored some morning. You should have you should have put you should have put uh, one of them should have said in a mining town far far away. Yeah. Long long ago in a mining town yeah, far yeah, far yeah. away. Yeah. No, Does that make me one. Darth Schrader? Oh, oh, we got a new one for uh, you, Dave. Yeah, I like new it. Nickname. KD, I am your father. <laughs> That's well, I guess impossible. Like that can't be true. Yep. We've we've got um, the spirits got a that that, to it that now. yeah <laughs> we, we we have these spirits that come out and make themselves known. We've got the families that make themselves known. The people that want their their story shared, history shared. Were you surprised, Chris? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got a, a a rich history in that town, and people love it because yeah. every year you got a hundred, hundred and twenty students signed up into the history club learning this. Were you surprised at how well received the series was uh, from um, all of the the people watching? You know what? I really wasn't, and and let me tell you why. Because Butte is not this megatropolis. I mean, Butte people notice things, obviously. Mm -hmm. And when you see camera crews around town and uh, taking up a, you know, over 100-year-old church, um, people notice things. And that's not a bad thing in Butte. That's not a bad yeah. thing at all. And in fact, they embrace it. And so when they heard that this was, you know, paranormal uh, in nature, of course, we, we all couldn't really talk about much or anything. Right. They were excited. 
because they know how haunted Butte is. And furthermore, you came to a community that's got so much pride in itself, mm -hmm. that truly, truly um, believes that where they've been and where they're going is, is you know, part of the future. You know, it's part of their future, and they're proud mm -hmm. of it. My God, this town's deadly proud of it. And so the fact that you guys were here was incredibly well accepted. I would assume all of you would agree. Brian, we didn't, uh, you didn't have a lot of doors you needed broken down. Uh, you know, here's, you, you got the, the chief executive and the sheriff taking you on top of the, you know, courthouse saying, hey, you know, my city's got a problem and we need to take care of it. And the, the problem sounds crazy, except to you guys. Yeah. yeah. So right. when you address it like that, yeah. Yeah. Good question, now the Dave. We had, um, obviously, in this one, there was a lot going on, and Cindy and Katie were tapping in and, and connecting, and we were able to capture EVP, physical, um, automatic writing, uh, the, the direct voice phenomena coming through the spirit boxes. This the, We were there at the culmination. This spirit realm wanted to be heard in those minds. Um, a lot of people want to know, you know, I got cracked in the back pretty good, Um and I told him that, uh, you know, I was mentioning some of the people there, again, some of the behind the scenes stuff. At one point, Brian was filming and he had a camera because we're trying to get all the angles we can in there. And we're all trying to separate out. So we're not right on top of each other. His camera went dead probably five minutes before I ended yeah. up taking the hit. So yeah. that energy was pooling. And that's why all the equipment was going nuts. And I, I, I was telling him when I got hit and I went down, I just remember our camera guy going, oh, shh. And just, I, oh, what's going on? And he's like talking it out. And um, I hit the ground, pivoted. And, you know, the, the question we kept asking me was, what, you know, geez, how do you keep getting knocked down. Why do you, and I, because listen, they're, they're, we're there for that. We put ourselves into the position. You know, Cindy leads us with empathy and heart. And, and Katie's in there with the logic of the science of what are we doing in there. We've got to kind of give this chance for the spirits to be heard. And it's real easy to do the fight or flight and run like a chicken out of the building screaming. But that's not going to help Butte. And that's not going to help the spirits that we came there to take care of. And there were, trust me, there were pep talks. Brian would take me aside and he's like, I know you're rattled. I know you don't want to go back in there, man, but you got to go back in there. That's what we're here for. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I just need another. 15 yeah. minutes to breathe because oh, yeah. it, it got heavy yeah it's like i always tell people you know uh like uh you know like w with you getting hurt and in some of the episodes or physically attacked uh, during in a few episodes dave like you know there's a lot of people like uh you know were you scared to go to any further after that point after you knew and i'm like first of all I didn't even know that happened to Dave right when it happened to Dave because we were somewhere else completely. Cindy and I were. We were doing that thing while he was doing that thing. It was simultaneous, right? But uh, also, I, and I say, but on top of that, Dave knows as well as I do that these are occupational hazards kind of. They're, they're like, uh, it's like it's like policemen, right? Policemen, they go in and they do what they do. Obviously, we're nowhere near, I'm not saying we're anywhere near as brave as policemen no. are with what we well, do, but I'm saying that, that, that like um, – that that's it's similar in the sense that we know their dangers they're clear and present dangers not to quote a movie title but uh the um that we know we're gonna face we know there's a potential for facing but yet like we know there's a job to do we have people that that, that are counting on us and it has to be done somebody's got to do it and we want to be the ones to do it as opposed to put somebody else in that position also 
We uh, we also faced off when we were down there. We we had this moment and kind of came together again as a team. Uh, another one of the scenes that didn't make the final edit um, was we had a an Irish prayer uh, for lost souls that we read out loud together as a team to try to help those souls. And and our goal was to wherever we went was to help. And a lot of people are like, I really you know I really appreciate how you help these families in the town. And, and I can't say it enough. We weren't there for the family or the town as much as we were there for the spirits to be heard. So you right. take these hazards, you take these moments and the ideas. If you help that, if you go to the core root of the problem, then then everything else is going to take care of itself. And the families are going right. to be safe and wow. the town's going to be in a That's better right. position. Well, yeah, everything will kind of fall into place. Yeah, that yeah. was appreciative of that. If you recall, can yeah. you hit the light, please? Um, as if you recall, Dave, the gal came up to you with a gift, you know, and said, I wanted to give this to you. Thank you for praying for our town. Yeah. And that's not the only places, you know, with every episode, every single episode, people would go to work in Butte or to school uh, and discuss that day's uh, or that uh, the night before's, you know, rendition, an episode of the Ghosts of Devil's Perch, Three Bears, Alaska. This was main topic discussion absolutely every Monday morning. And it was store-wide, all the employees, you know. And, and when you get That's a good awesome. following like that, you, you know that you did right, that you did well by a community. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's taxing. I mean, boy, if we do get put back in, I don't know. We got to make an aluminum foil hat for Cindy so she gets a break at some point. Yeah, I'll make her a new kind of helmet, like a Magneto helmet to wear to block out. Give me uh, me one, too, man, because she's reading my mind. You want one? Okay. I'll get you one so she can't read your brain thoughts. Amen. (laughs) She's on another level, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. no, She she read me several times, freaked me out. I'm like, all right, Cindy. Just, yeah. <laughs> we can't we can't tell it enough the fact that you know and i'm sorry she can't be here with us tonight to hear the accolades as well but uh the success of a show like this is a big burden on the sh- on the shoulders of mediums and although you can't necessarily um corroborate it by visual by her telling you what she's sensing and feeling we're able to pull that information call that information take it somewhere else and it blossoms, man. We, we take those seeds and Fisk runs wild with his team and finds the, the, the root of it. And we're able to communicate and gives names to KD. So when he goes back, he's got something to work with, with the, with the development. And also it helps validate what she, what she, what she had got, you know, and then that just, that just like a stackable evidence. Right. And then, uh, so she, she's, just double validated by by that as if she are as if she even needs it she doesn't need it but it's it's a it's a good like yeah. also additional visual or audio to go along with that well it, it gave your researchers you, you know the wolf pack and the archives myself jab it gave us direction you know right, we weren't right. just feeling around in in the dark until something pokes us and go maybe this is it um, and that's that's so vitally important. You know, that's yeah. half your battle is some level of direction. You yeah. don't have who, you don't have year, you don't have what or when, but by gosh, you do have a name. You've got a scenario that you're looking for. Im- impressive, yeah. my God, impressive. And, and well, I just want I just want to say also that Dave, without Mr. Dave Schrader's abilities as as the, just a yeah. paranormal investigator and his experience. 
as a paranormal investigator, he's been doing this for a long time. Long time. All right, simmer down. Stop <laughs> quoting. <laughs> but but but, I, but I'm but for real, for real. He he does. He his knowledge base is so huge. It's like you ask this guy about anything, and he's like, oh yeah, this that. He, he already knows more about it than you do. And uh and and uh to have his uh his golden voice kind of uh narrating the whole thing. Uh, that that was uh, without without that, I don't think the show would have been what it was. You know what I oh, mean? No. Well, thank you. Without, yep. Well, I didn't, I didn't want you just complimenting us, and you're not getting Well, and we got to watch the blossoming <laughs> of an electronic medium, because that's what you are as well on the show. You know, we're at the end. We can we can all pat each other and hug now. So you watched KD, and, and I really believe that it, it is abilities like Cindy's oh, yeah. being portrayed in a different way, and he's yeah. become a conduit and a channel for that. So it was great. Good good chemistry, good good connection, uh, and, and great equipment. So, again, tell people – Katie, I know they're asking me there, are you guys selling any of the equipment? How do people oh, yeah. order the equipment if they'd like to get some from you? Okay, we're working on we're we're making Supernatural Inc. like an act, like an official LLC right now, so we can be more efficient at selling equipment to more people. But right now you can con- you can go to Supernatural Inc. Paranormal.com and that'll take you to the Facebook page. And basically just go to our Facebook page, Supernatural Inc. And uh, you can direct messages through there and you can look through all our pictures, kind of pick out what you want. I think we have a store on there as well. Uh, you can kind of pick out the piece you want. If it's a piece that was in the show, uh, just just let, let us know and uh, we'll know exactly what you're talking about. We'll tell you how it works and everything, what it does, and uh, we can hook right up. And I'll have a link. It's right on today's program guide, so you can find a link to to go in and order it. Um, you Fisk, your tours sell out without any help already, and now with the Devil's Perch, uh, there you said you just couldn't keep up with the demand we can't for keep tickets. Up with them, there's, and and we hate leaving anyone behind, but we're looking yeah. at a position where we may have to even go halfway through November, third week in November, to get everyone satisfied. We're talking. I don't want to say hundreds of calls a day, but my God, pretty close. And uh, that has been very successful. Isn't that JP's daughter in there taking the taking the tickets? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow, look at that. Keeping her busy. Absolutely. The the whole Gallagher family. And and uh, I that's from from Butte to you guys and Cindy. Thank you. You did. Oh, yeah. You did great by us. And and Brian, if you remember when we first talked about, you know, the history of Butte and what my role might be, my biggest concern was that you did right by the mining city and you guys really, really did. And we love you for that. Thank you so much. All of you. Thank you. Well, look, man, look you, you get in this in this industry, you can get. And TV, you can get kind of sent to random places. You don't always have control over where you're going. And I, I didn't know what to think, you know, going to somewhere for three and a half months, four months. Honestly, the first thing I thought, I, I Googled Butte and I saw it was right next to a big lake. And I thought, heck, I like to swim every day. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to swim in that lake. <laughs> you don't do it. I thought, sign me up, you know. They'll be shooting at you to get you out of the water, pal. But look, honestly, the, the, the people there were so kind. And we didn't have, there was not a single door that wasn't open for us. And uh, I mean, I couldn't think of a, of a better place to spend, you know, uh, that amount of time. It was really a special experience uh, bonding with the town and the people there and sharing their stories and with you guys as well. And obviously, Katie, Katie and Dave and Cindy as well. So 
thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for the experience. Uh, yeah, the, ple- thank- the pleasure is all on this side of the, right. on the, yeah. this oh, side man. of the the table here, Fizz. Like, uh, I think our time in Butte was uh, probably uh, we feel like it was more impactful to us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we appreciate oh, the you. town letting us come and come there and letting us help, letting oh. us be the ones to help out with it. Oh my uh, it's God. definitely That's an honor really for me, and I'm sure for Dave and Cindy also, and Peterson. We'll take you guys back any day. I guess you could say you. You spent enough time here. I guess that kind of makes you guys butte. Oh, yeah. well, I do have a Tapper Light hat on. Tapper so, Light. Know, I brought some back to Missouri with me. Yeah, oh, I, have my, my, I have that hat upstairs. That's one. I, I, got, I had the fried fried pork sandwiches, I think, as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Warms you up from the inside. Absolutely. Yes. That's good food, isn't it? So good. Everything. The thing about visiting butte, guys, everything you eat low-cal and low-fat. So enjoy. <laughs> sure, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost calories. Well, that's it. Uh, sadly, we are at the end of this uh, great uh, point of all of us coming together. And whether we get to see another season or not, it was truly a pleasure. And when you saw the emotion that I portrayed in that last episode, I think that was relayed from C- Cindy, yeah. KD, and I. And I saw it playing out, and I could hear the sniffles around me in the, the theater. And I've, I've been inundated with messages telling yeah. me they bawled their eyes out watching the last episode and how it came together so thank you to all the viewers and all the supporters uh not just of the paranormal 60 but the ghost of devil's perch and in all the programs we've been a part of with the holzer files and ghost of morgan city and and everything thank you and uh, continue your journey into the unknown and remember it all starts with history don't forget that the history is what's going to tell you what's going on around you at all times and those spirits they want to be heard. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts to the bottom of yours. May you all have a fantastic and remarkable rest of your year. Bye.